This episode of Deja Food is sponsored by our local favourites, Co-op. Co-op has supported the National Student for years, and now we're delighted that they're sponsoring our new venture in podcasting. Co-op can help you make healthy choices, and most importantly, is right there on your local high street. We all know that saving money is important, and that's why Co-op gives students 10% off with a Totem or NUS Extra card. Find your nearest Co-op at co-op.co.uk forward slash food. Thanks again to Co-op. In rough times, I go to I go straight to that broccoli. I used to hate meal times. Warning: You will hear really loud sounds of pretzels being eaten by Lucy during this podcast. Hi, welcome to the pod. Deja food. We're here uh, munching on some pretzels. Honey, mustard and onion. These are my food love story. (laughs) (laughs) These pretzels are my food hero. Camille's drinking some soup right now. (laughs) (laughs) For the purpose of the podcast, I was just licking my face. (laughs) Yeah, she was licking her own face. You've never seen anything like it unless you regularly observe cats. Are you Henri Le Chat? You don't know what that is, do you? I don't. I think you need to Google it right now. (laughs) Henri Le Chat. Can we just talk about the fake French accent he's doing and how difficult it is to understand what he's saying? I'm reading the English subtitles to understand what he's saying. I mean, I have no idea what he's saying in French. So, who are we speaking to this week? This week we're talking to Phoebe Smith. She was in our travel magazine. She was, which came out in January. You can see that on our website. This is pinned at the moment. The first piece of content on the homepage of the website. Go and check it out. It's full of really good stuff. Her book is called The Wilderness Cookbook. It's out now from Stanford's, the amazing travel bookshop in Covent Garden, if you don't know about it already. And also from their website, I think it's about 11 So definitely check that out. Yeah, so we talked to her. She discovered that Lucy was subscribed to her old magazine. Phoebe's editor, editor of Wanderlust magazine, which is a great travel magazine. Would definitely pick it up if I were you. She's editor at large now. She used to be full-time there. I have known her name for a while, obviously. So we had her in here, which was very quite interesting moment for me, actually. I've been read her work for quite a few years. Had a great chat with Phoebe, basically wild camping and her memories of that and food that pertained to that. So the other interesting part of the interview is all the traffic we had that day. We had a lorry outside reversing around the corner. We had a guy who apparently had fallen asleep on his horn. They really, really were not respecting the fact that we had a podcast recording going on. They're not today either, really. Let's hope you don't hear too much of it and that you enjoy our conversation with Phoebe. On with the show. I was going to say something else, but you know, why not? So it's no surprise to learn I'm a vegetarian now. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Let's just do the um, roast thing again. Yeah, we do that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so what's your earliest food memory? I think it would have to be a, a roast dinner with my family. Um, I was probably, if I think about, maybe about five or six. Um, and I remember it because unlike my brother... Um, and everyone else I wasn't very fussed about having the meat I tried to hide it under things and I just wanted to eat the vegetables and the potatoes so it's no surprise I'm actually a vegetarian now (laughs) 
And is that one of your earliest memories from from your childhood when it comes to food, that sort of roast dinner, family sort of occasion? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, food often goes with the situation itself. It's not an isolated thing that you just remember the food. It's kind of the context of it. Um, and one thing that was, you know, both my parents were working. So one thing that always brought us all together was these family meals on a weekend. Yeah. And when did you decide to incorporate food into your career? Because obviously your career is in travel. Yeah, so I, um, as well as being a travel writer, I also write books about having adventures closer to home. So having mini adventures in the wonderful wilds of Britain. And um, whenever I would do them, so I've been doing that for about ooh, over 10 years now, I would always rely on pre-packed camping pouches so dehydrated meals or um or you know the the sort of wet food ones that you boil in the bag and they were fine but I had a couple of experiences where they weren't very nice at all and one of the things is if you're out having an adventure if the food's bad it affects your ability to have energy and be able to have an adventure and so I started to think there must be another way and uh, started to experiment with lightweight ingredients that could be cooked on a single stove and, you know, wouldn't just be this kind of salt-packed, uh, pre-made meal. And uh, and so the Wilderness Cookbook was born. That's great. I remember um, camping and doing Duke of Edinburgh and things as a teenager and thinking that I was going to be living out of packets for days <laughs> and then realising that... You can make your own meals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you can do it quite easily. Yeah. What's your personal relationship with food and do you think it's changed over the course of your life? I definitely think uh, it's changed over the course of my life. I think I really... Because I didn't like meat and obviously it was part of the meals I was given as a kid, um, I used to hate meal times and the whole idea of food was just a headache. And then as I got older and learned to cook for myself... Um, and realise that actually cooking can be fun because you can experiment with flavours and ingredients. Um, it definitely changed. And then I'd say the thing that changed it the most was um, starting to travel and becoming a travel writer and experiencing food from all around the world and the different combinations of flavours that you can add with spices and realising that when you got back home, you could add that to your food as well. Um, so now I love it. I love being experimental with it and I love the challenge of getting food that can be lightweight and also be cooked, like I said, in a, on a single stove. Do you have a favourite food smell? And if so, what does it represent? So my favourite food smell has to be baked bread or baking bread, which I know is very common. I think it just reminds me of sitting around the campfire, making bread just out of very sort of raw ingredients. And I've done it here in the UK, but I've also done it in Wadi Rum in the desert with the Bedouin, out in Morocco with the Berber. And I just find wherever you travel to, there is always a local recipe for bread. And it just reminds you that food doesn't have to be complicated to taste incredible and smell incredible too. I think that's really true. And my next question actually was, how do you think food brings communities together? Which you kind of led into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's almost like I knew. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, food is so important, isn't it? It's the thing we need to survive at the very basic level. Um, but also it's it makes us share things. So share knowledge, share because when we eat, we don't just sit there in silence. You know, we tend to talk about things as well. So it's a great opener to bring communities together, people from different cultures together. You know, I've travelled to places where people speak different languages, but as long as there's food, you can all get along and you, you kind of bond over that shared experience. 
And do you have a personal comfort food that you turn to in a time of crisis? Oh, I I think rightly or wrongly, chocolate definitely raises up there. Um, I absolutely love it. And I love cooking with chocolate as well and coming up with different recipes for that. I think similar to a lot of people, bread is also up there as well. Baked goods, uh, because as I said before, it's the smells you get that remind you um, of sort of happy times you've had. Um, so yeah, probably pretty standard <laughs> comfort food. And is there one particular dish that you would cook for a friend that was going through a bad time? Ooh, I suppose it depends on the friend. One of my signature dishes is to make um, a chili, but a a vegetarian chili using something like corn or soya um and i i do make it quite spicy but there's obviously lots of tacos and you can make it quite cheaply just by using nachos and crushing them up with your hands and putting them on top and um, you don't have to buy these expensive kits and you can put lots of fresh vegetable in it so it actually feels like a comfort food because you know it's hot it's warm there's crisps in it but you've kind of packed it full of veg as well so it's kind of a a healthy comfort food so yeah. I think if someone was feeling bad I'd also want to make sure they were eating well at the same time and is there one food that you would take with you to a desert island oh you know again I'd keep it simple and just so I could make bread because I find it's you know there's been so many fads hasn't there with bread with people cutting it out of carbohydrate carbohydrates but for me it's it just fills you up and it makes you feel good mm. and you can do so much with it you know you when you have it when you've just cooked it, it's lovely and soft you can toast it over an open fire I just think yeah the world's better I think when I was a student I lived on on toast basically we'd all come back from lectures all our or my flatmates and we'd all just make huge masses of rounds of toast and just share them so it was the one food you could afford no matter how small your budget yeah I'm definitely with you on the love of bread <laughs> could never give it up no never never Lucy hasn't said it, but she has toast every morning. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that's quite normal. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> I just love really seedy bread, loads of different grains. Yeah, you can put so much in it. Cheese bread, mm. cheese and sun-dried tomato I like to cook. Yeah, I love bread. Amazing. <laughs> so versatile. Yeah, oh, it so is, great. it is. <laughs> and what do you think is your most powerful food memory? Ooh, Probably taking a friend and her son on their first wild camp. Um, and I prepared a recipe. One, we made bread, of course. We've already discussed I love making bread. And watching his face, seeing that with these hardly any ingredients at all, we managed to pull off this wonderful tasting product that smelt really good. Um, but also um, I have another recipe, which is chocolate oranges, which is where you actually get an orange and you scoop out the flesh, mix it with a chocolate cake mix put it all back inside the orange, put the lid on that you've kept, um, and then wrap it in foil and put it in a campfire. Oh my God. After about 20 <laughs> minutes, these are, it's like having cupcakes inside oranges, but with all that orange citrus flavor. Um, and again, presenting them to someone who thinks, I'm not sure if camping is for me or the outdoors is for me, that soon changes their mind. Is that recipe in the book? It certainly is. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Although you've just told me how to do it, it sounds very easy. <laughs> I will be looking that one up. What was your process to write the book and why did you decide it was the right time to do it? So I knew I wanted to write the book because so many other people um, contacted me who one of the main questions they'd asked me about going on these wild camp trips was what food do I take with me? And I thought it was probably about time I shared some of the recipes to show people there was another way to these pre-packed meals. And I wanted to make it so that it was lightweight because that's really important when you go headed off into the wild. 
And all the other cookbooks out there, the more I looked into it, they all assume that you basically have the entire contents of your kitchen with you, which you don't because everything's about the weight or that you have a big sort of Dutch oven that you can cook all manner of things on. So my thing was it had to be on a single camping stove that you could either mix things together or do bits at a time. And so I'd, I'd, I knew recipes I'd been using for years. And so it was a case of my friend Caroline forced me to sit down and actually make a list of them all and write them up. And so, yeah, it took it definitely took several months to do that and get everything ready and then just fine tuning them. So at the time I was working full time on the magazine before I went freelance and um I would take my recipes into the team to feed them. Wanderlust magazine. Yeah, so I, I um, perfect. So, um, so my team were sort of my guinea pigs, and do you know what? They didn't need much persuading, which was good. And you could always tell if something worked because it would just go, and you'd go to try it, have a bit yourself, and it'd be gone. <laughs> so they were great. They were great to try out on, and I knew if they liked it, that was a good sign. And they were very honest as well. If something they thought, you know, was too had too much of something in, they would they would sort of say. But I pretty much seemed to get it spot on. So. Um, yeah (laughs) one very last question sorry I was just going to ask what do you have um a country a destination that has a particular cuisine that you love more than I have to say Morocco has been one of my favorite um I think it's not just because of the baked bread which as we've established is one of my favorite things but it's just that as a vegetarian there you can they're so good at doing it and they cook in these tagines which are like you know homemade slow cookers and I never thought like a vegetable stew could taste that sort of mouth-watering, but it's their combination of they're not afraid to experiment with flavours. It sits and it cooks for hours. So by the time you have it, spices. the spices mm. have just infused everything. So every meal is so full of flavours. Nothing is ever dull. When you go camping, is there a food that you can't live without? So when I go camping, I always make um, these little snacks that I take with me, which are essentially made from um, peanut butter, chocolate, flax seeds and banana. And I mix them all up together. Very easy to make. And you can either make them the night before and put them in the fridge to kind of sort it. They're like, I call them like little truffles. But you can just make them last minute, throw them in uh, some greasy paper, throw them in your rucksack. And they're just a great energy filled snack that just, you know, again, it's not rocket science. But it's really simple and it gives you the energy you need to have a great adventure. For more from us, visit at National Student on Twitter, at The National Student on Instagram, or search The National Student on Facebook. You think we've said as National Student enough? Because if not, I can just add, you can also find us on thenationalstudent.com. Oh yeah, that. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Deja Food. This podcast is produced by The National Student and hosted by Lucy Miller and Camille Dupont. Thanks to Alex Sweetman for coming up with our name. Our theme music is Quasi-Motion by Kevin MacLeod. Our logo was designed by your host, Camille. If our chat with Phoebe has inspired you, find more easy recipes that will help fuel your adventures at coop.co.uk forward slash recipes.